Well, the monkey is off the back. South Sydney have done it. 43 years in the wilderness, even out of the comp for a while, but they have won the grand final. And we can talk all about it now. All the boys joining me for this grand final recap edition of NRL 4020 Supercoach Podcast. Tigers MS, what do you think of the GF? Um, yeah, it was a pretty decent game. Um, just had, uh, yeah, some of those moments where, um, like, was classic grand final, and some of the other moments were, um, yeah, <laughs> not classics. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And Moldog back with us after a couple of weeks' absence. How are you, mate? Good, mate. How are you doing? Pretty good, I guess. Um, seeing the Bulldogs with a team that knocked your boys off their manly, they'd be happy that uh, Souths got up instead of Canterbury. Oh, look, I mean, I was a bit torn. I, you know, both teams are beat manly in the final series, but, you know, uh, Souths, they, they looked unbeatable after they dismantled manly at the, uh, at the SCG, and they, they never really looked back since then. Two, 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 and Pete joining us, of course, as always, mate. Uh, what do you make of it? I think you, you pretty much had Souths from day one, so well done. Yeah, I did. Um, they gave me a bit of a, you know, a, a little bit uh, up and down there, but yeah, came into form at just the right time to use racing pulse. You know, had to sit and just bolted when they came into the straight. Uh, very well done by Michael Maguire. Deserves a massive rap. Yeah, he does. He, he did a really good job. And he looked nervous the week before the grand final, it must be said. And, you know, he started to worry and think, oh, the dogs are only there two years ago, Desi Hasler and uh, all of that. But in the end of the day, the Souths come out, they they really did save their best footy for that final game in that final month or so, as Moldog said. And Moldog, it looked like the dogs were just a little bit off their game for many reasons, obviously, NS out. But Tred Hodkinson, he, he was really just a passenger, maybe that leg injury um, really playing up. Yeah, I think that was it, mate. He, uh, I think he was unsighted after the first 20 minutes, mate. And obviously the, the knee injury, I think it was, was was no good. And, you know, those big games, especially against a big team like South, you can't have passengers. You know, everyone's got to be on board and, 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 you know, just bashing them the same way they're doing to you. So, yeah, it was just too hard for them. Yeah, look, I, I agree. And, and Tigers MS, a lot of one-out ball running by the Bulldogs as well, maybe. That's yeah, well... It was. Um, look, I think the Bulldogs did an admirable job for 60 minutes, to be honest. Um, they're under the pump the f- entire first half. The mm. fact they managed to actually make it 6 all yeah, with 30 minutes to go was just amazing. And I kind of thought, oh, geez, maybe South would just... Um, Let them come you know, over them. Yeah. I think, you know, you know, they've chucked everything at them and that's all they've got. But, um, yeah, eventually it told on them. Um, and South, yeah. As, as everyone saw, just ran over the top. Um, but there was a total lack of any any creativity from the dogs, and I honestly still wonder how New South Wales won the Origin. <laughs> well, they won it six nil. That's how they won. <laughs> <laughs> On the back of defence, yeah, yeah. But look, I mean, we should talk about it, if not tonight, on the night in the show. But it will be very interesting to see if the Blues stick with that halves combination next year because they've got a lot of options. And um, you just wonder. But anyway, that's a topic for another day. Um, I thought, Pete, I wondered with a bit of controversy, I guess the Sam Burgess moment at first, you know, it was all sort of, oh, you know, just like Johnny Sattler all those years ago, the broken cheek band. But now it's coming out that probably he had a concussion and, and he, yet he played on. And we've talked about it all year and for a couple of years now on the show. And these concussion protocols, just they just seem to be out the window, particularly in these bigger games. It does, doesn't it? It's, it's hard to define, though. Like if a doctor... 
I don't like. I don't know what the official confirmation from South is yet. Like I believe the NRL are investigating, and perhaps so they should. But at what point was he concussed? He seemed to be going okay in the game. Like he's he's accidentally let slip on the radio that he couldn't remember much of much of the game. As to how badly concussed he was, I, I don't know. So it'll be interesting to see what see what comes out of that. Yeah, I guess um, the question is: Does he not? Do you not remember because of the game, or because of how much they celebrated afterwards? <laughs> well, exactly. That was what I was thinking. Yeah, so, I think a few people in Redfern would have bought him a beer after that. <laughs> the only concern would be that the fact that I guess the main concern, or, or multiple concerns, if he, he was to be concussed. But I guess the main question is: Why didn't he at least go through the the protocol? And that's apparently what hasn't happened there. And um, yeah, it's, it, you know, this is an ongoing issue and we've been covering a lot on the show over the last couple of years. And, you know, you read the articles from Peter Fitzsimons and people like that and, and it's a serious issue and, and obviously it's, you know, that heroism in the game and, and playing on through pain and injury is one thing, but we know that with brain injuries that they're not to be fooled with and it's not heroic to play on with a brain injury. It's just not, and, and we have to change that culture in our game. It's unfortunate in some respects, but we, you know the, doc, the doctors, the medical advice is pretty clear now, and we need to make that adjustment. Well, maybe um, if he was wearing headgear the other night in the grand final, he doesn't get the injury and doesn't get a concussion. So, might be something I need to have a look at. I wonder why not? Why not just say everyone wear a headgear? It certainly can't be worse than not wearing a headgear um, for starters. Uh, but anyway, we'll see. Guys, this is the 4020 podcast, and now you can not only find us at www.pauliegsports.com, but thanks to C Pills from Concrete 5, you can find us on the iTunes, subscribe to us, look um, up NRL Supercoach, 4020, Pauly G Sports, any of those tags will get you straight to our podcast. Subscribe will be put straight into your uh, iTunes account, and um, it's all there, little picture of there as well and everything like that and um, I think you'll uh, quite agree uh, Dog, that everything seems to be up and running now in that regard Oh it's beautiful mate, all you have to do is hit download and it's straight onto your phone, I can hear myself talking all day <laughs> <laughs> Yeah and you can find the links at www.pullygsports.com as well as a lot of a whole lot of other information in regards to now there's no more NRL picks, but NFL picks will continue throughout the year. The mock drafts will start up shortly and the horse racing as well. We're going to talk about a little bit later in the show. Got to look forward to 2015 now from a super coach perspective, um, tidying up those, um, I guess the grand final and also super coach for the year in those final series. They were still collecting points. If you were interested, if you are playing super coach finals or just interested to know, uh, George Burgess led the way on the weekend. Maybe could have got the Clive Churchill medal ahead of his brother Sam. Maybe a bit of a sentimentality went into it. But George Burgess, 82 points from Sam Burgess, 79. It's obviously very close there from at least a super coach perspective. Pretty indicative of the way the two players played, I thought. Greg Inglis, also 79. Got that late try to help him there, but he was also very dominant out in the back line. And Adam Reynolds, 78. Tony Williams, the best for the dogs from a supercoach perspective with 68. Not a lot to see there looking into next year, except if you go down on the list one or two further. Kirisami, Uvava, 62, and Thomas Burgess, 58. I think the Burgess boys, Tigers MS, could be interesting. Um, the ones still around um, for next year. Yeah, definitely. So um, they most of them had a had a pretty uh, big influence on the grand final game and they've been pretty good all year. And I say with um, 
with Sam going, I'd say George probably picks that up. He was a really good uh, cheapy um, at the start of the year this season and he absolutely killed it. So you won't probably get that, but you might get that with um, Tom Burgess perhaps being a bench player. Definitely you could see that the three, those other three Burgesses all play you know, a lot of minutes next year, I think. Um, some of the players that the Daily Telegraph talked about um, during the week for to watch in 2015, I, I thought it was a bit interesting, Dog. I mean, they started with Mitch Cornish, but as we've seen with other sort of touted halves from um, past years coming out of under-20s, it hasn't been that easy. It wasn't easy from this year, but still considered a cheapie for next year. But with that Raiders team still in flux, I mean, does he have the weapons around him? I just wonder if he really is going to be, be the cheapie that he's talked up to be. Well, that's a thing too. I mean, with a halfback, you, you want a halfback that, that's kicking goals or not missing too many tackles, you know, setting up tries. And with the Raiders, I mean, they're, they're obviously in a rebuilding phase. So maybe he's, he's good to have build a little bit of money on your bench. So, you know, if, if he's at basement basement uh, prices, then, yeah, yeah, sure, he's good to, to fill in a slot, but obviously not your number one halfback. So, um, yeah, as a cheapie, obviously, yeah, have a look. But, yeah, there might be other options. Just don't know if we're going to see a Ben Hunt style or Albert Kelly from two years ago. Of course not. No, that's right. Um, maybe it's more like a Luke Brooks that was maybe overhyped this year, but coming in with a full season under his belt. Um, Jake Granville, Pete's the guy I wouldn't mind talking about too. He's listed there at number four. Now, his starting price is predicted to be a little bit higher, but the fact is when Andrew McCulloch was out for the Broncos, he was outstanding, put up big numbers. Now he goes to the Cowboys, and they, they've had, they really haven't had a hooker there. They ne- Since, you know, the Seguiara and Payne sort of um, double, both left there the same year. That's the, yeah, that has been their missing link, unfortunately. Yeah, so if young uh, Granville goes up there and, and plays well, it, it's always hard with the super coach thing with the hookers. You want to try, I guess, get someone who's going to play 80 minutes rather than 40 minutes. So maybe you might want to watch him for a couple of weeks and see how much game time he's actually getting. But if he's a first-choice hooker, then you would assume he'd be getting close to full game. But, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he goes up there in that role. It was very interesting when he played for the Broncos on the bench. He only got nine or ten minutes most games. But then when McCulloch was out, suddenly he was playing 70 minutes. So I think he has that ability. He was very strong in the um, Intrust Super Cup. Um, I just think he's an 80-minute player. And whether, you know, the Cowboys treat him as such or not would be the big thing. But at 140,000, he's probably better having it in the team than out of it. Um, the Knights were a bit of a, a stay away from Tigers MS this year. But now they're talking up Joseph Tapine um, with a lot of people moving out. And he's, you know, another one of those... Um, under 20 stars I guess in, in being in the in the forward pack maybe there's a, more opportunity to take take that risk on, on a young player than maybe a half back as we talked about in Mitch Cornish yeah I'd definitely say that that's probably a better bet if you're gonna um, have a have a bit of a gamble on a, on, on a young kid um, look it's hard and especially with forwards because you don't know if they're just straight out soldiers and they just run a line and that's it or, you know, they've got a bit of ball play in them and they might get a try assist here or there. Um, yeah, it's definitely one of those ones where you might pick him um, and just have him on the bench. And then if he starts, if he starts, yeah, dominating, then it's time to stick him in the side. Uh, and I'm, I'm just looking down the list a bit further and to see David Clemmer, uh, Moldog, another one maybe for the last two years has been on the radar. I mean, everyone's probably going to go after him again, but he has looked like he's starting to, to 
to fill out into that role that everyone thought he would play at the Bulldogs? Well, I think he'll start playing more minutes, especially, especially you know, with uh, the Bulldogs forward being so big. So I guess a, a big mobile back row that can actually, you know, play a lot of minutes. He, he's always had the potential. I think he's got a bit of footwork as well, so he breaks some tackles and, you know, he works hard in defence. So that's what, that's what you want in a forward, you know, big minutes uh, and, a, and a high work rate. So that, that's definitely a keeper. So, yeah, he's more borderline keeper than, than a cheapie in my book. And we'll go through more guys as the year rolls on and into the into the obviously into the off season and, and into the new year when we do the shows might not be able to do them every week but um, you know a bit of super coach chat and just get in depth into a few players and and see what we think would be different from this year to next um, and of course if you've got a question follow us on Twitter at Pooley G Sports or at Tigers MS 78 or give us a like on the Facebook page you can reach us that way as well season review time um, and I'll start with you Moldog with the runners up the Bulldogs um, can you sum up their year in a minute yeah look they, they had a great year apart from their, their finishing position obviously you know they, they were on top uh, they were on top of the comp come Origin and you know they even got through Origin pretty well you know it was the Origin hangover that got them and they almost did make the eight uh, James Graham I mean he, he will be the captain next year he, he just keeps getting better and better I love watching him play. He's just like one of those old school, you know, rough and tumble kind of uh, big players. And, and their halves had a pretty pretty successful year, you know, winning the Origin. And up until the grand final, like we said, they had a good final series, but they just, I guess, they just couldn't finish it off in in the in the big one. But uh, you know, any team coached by by Desi, he's a threat. And you know, by the sounds of his recruitment, it sounds like he's been pretty busy already. They'll be in and around the top four again next year. <laughs> Look out, they'll probably have a new fullback in town, I dare say. Yeah. Pete, um, South Sydney, uh, what more can you say, um, Premiers? Yeah, well, you know, ultimately they they got the prize, so you, you can't fault their season. Interestingly enough, um, way back round one, they, they started with a great win over the Roosters. Um, we all sort of wondered how they are going to come out this year and and play after the disappointment of the two previous years, bowing out in the grand final qualifier. But they won that match 28-8, and you thought, oh, well, here we go again. They're looking good. Then they lost their next three games in a row, and you thought, whoa, hang on a minute. Lost both one to Manly, then West Tigers uh, and Canberra they got beaten by. Um, then came back to beat the Dragons, sort of got on their way a bit. Um, and then they never won more than five games in a row all season, which was I thought was interesting for a team that ended up winning the comp. Mm. Um, they're only though they, as I said, you know they timed their run just to perfection. Their only um, losses late in the season were a a game where, which has made me think that the Cowboys could win the comp uh, on Saturday, the twenty third of August, uh, round twenty four. They got beaten in Sydney, twenty two to ten by the Cowboys. I thought, whoa, there's a big threat. But then. They came and beat Canterbury the next week in a grafting sort of game. Just got nailed by the Roosters in the last round before the finals. And then just absolutely, like, the scoreboard doesn't reflect their dominance against Manly and the Roosters in particular. And finally, that the dominance in the grand final was reflected on the scoreboard. Great effort by the Bunnies to finally win the Premiership. Uh, they looked just time to perfection for the grand final. Michael Maguire did an excellent job. Players seem to be right on. Um, young boy like Alex Johnston, like what a season! Um, 
I'll make a prediction. I reckon this young bloke will be playing Origin within the next year or two. Uh, yeah, he looks uh, everything he's cracked up to be, doesn't he, Alex Johnston? Does I hope he's not a you know doesn't get second year syndrome, but no, he looks absolutely awesome. I'd love to see him on the wing for New South Wales, and I think Reynolds and Sutton might uh, finally get their just rewards and be selected for New South Wales next year as well. But no, great season, um, and I'll be interested to see how they back it up next year. But I'm sure George, Tom, and Luke, and the rest of the forward pack all um, with English, you know, awesome side. They can keep it together. And they've recruited well. Got Tim Grant from Penrith as a bargain buy, terrific buy, I think. And yeah, they're looking. I think they can big chance of going back to back. Also got Glenn Stewart. Yes, sorry, I forgot about Glenn Stewart. How could I forget Glenn Stewart? Yes, yeah. Manly fans haven't forgotten. No, still <laughs> the players. Oh well, if you don't want to pay him, you don't want to pay him, I guess. But um, yeah, it's it's an experienced recruitment, and um, yeah, it's. Um, fascinating. They've bought Stuart and uh, said Tim Grant, I think they've done very well. Tigers and Mess, I guess we should also look at the performances of the official team in, in regards to David Smith, the CEO, and also Todd Greenberg. Um, they had a bit to deal with this year. Some interesting, um, uh, I guess, ways of, of going about sort of getting, you know, getting through things and, and avoiding or dealing with controversy. How did you think that they went? They've been pretty average. Um, uh, David Gallup had to deal with a hell of a lot more um, in his time, and I thought he dealt with that stuff a little bit better than these guys have. A little bit too reactionary, but that is no real uh, change from any previous management going way back. Um, Look, they're okay, but, geez, I tell you what, um, they've got to sort out, not only sort out, on-field stuff, but sort out the just the little, just the little bits and bobs. Like, uh, um, for example, the um, the online uh, the season pass stuff, mm. that kind of thing. Like, you can't even you can't break it down into just your team or whatever else. They're just it's that kind of thinking. Like, they're not thinking big picture. And I understand that those guys have a hell of a lot to deal with, but. It's that kind of stuff that makes your sport stand out. Well, you've got to put a... people in the right position. So now that Smith's been there a couple of years, he's got to have a good hard look at, okay, well, who am I going to put where that can put things into place? They already hired Greenberg. They did that pretty fast. But they yeah. need to, to look at someone that oversees that internet side. It's not just to do with a lot of the NRL.com stuff, but even just getting the membership information, ticketing information, it always seems yep. like a massive effort. And that's, you know, coming from, from us that are all fairly sort of savvy in regards to internet and, and computers, there's plenty of other fans out there, maybe a bit older fans, don't want to judge too much, but there are other fans out there that don't, you know, know as much. And so if, if, if we're having difficulties with it, I feel sorry for those people. It should be a lot easier, a lot simpler. And you look at other sports and, and online, they, they really jump all over us. And the AFL is probably you know, number one in that regard. Yeah, well, I mean, even um, I think it was announced today the A-League will stream their press conferences. Mm. Um, like I, like that kind of thing. It's, just, it's a nothing thing, but it's really something that helps you get in there. Like when you have guys who are obsessive over the game and well, there's a lot of supporters like right. that. Working for a news agency, I can tell you, it's not the easiest to get the old NRL press conferences. Exactly. You do use them exactly. all the time. So. It's just it's crazy. Muldog, the other interesting thing just came out this week where David Smith suddenly said, um, you know, I don't care about the salary cap. Um, Sam Burgess 
can come back whenever he wants. I'll pay for it. Yeah, I mean, that's I, that's just telling Sam he can cash his own cheque, you know. He can <laughs> go and have a two-year holiday, enjoying two tackles a game and three runs, and then, you know, coming back and cashing it. I, I don't like it. I mean, we do need good big players in our game, but what the NRL does is they churn out these superstars constantly and... and I don't know. I, I don't want to ban. The, I don't want to ban people from leaving, but I don't want people to just open the checkbook for 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 people that were coming back or trying to get people. To me, it just doesn't seem fair. You know, what about Tigers? You know, what about I don't know, like the Canberra Raiders? They're struggling to get anyone decent, and yet South who just won a premiership are going to you know invite a million dollar player back. To me, it just yeah. doesn't seem fair. No, I agree 100 percent with you. And something I didn't touch yeah. on before that comment was something that really made me angry because that was just rubbish, like, well, honestly. You mentioned Absolute David Gallup rubbish. earlier and he said all along you can't do that sort of thing because it defeats the very fabric of what a salary cap is about and he's 100% correct. I mean, there's teams like oh. Cronulla that can't even pay the salary cap. How are you going to then bring guys over the top of that, you know? It's, ma- it's madness. Yeah, guys? The day, I, don't, I don't mind David Smith. I mean, again, he's second year in. He's not He's not a rugby league bloke, and I'm willing to give him more time, but that, to me, just it didn't make sense. I agree. Time for best bets. Um, no NRL, of course, um, at least until the Four Nations kicks off, but there's still plenty of sport to talk about. Spring carnival and horse racing, Pete. We've had a pretty good run so far this spring. Tough one last week. Didn't do too awfully, but um, not as good as the other weeks. But let's look at that race, the Group 1 in Ramwick, the Moe and Shannon Stakes, 2,000 metres. Um, how do you see it going? Well, I've, I've had a close look at this one and I got on um, a horse called First Seal a few weeks ago and it beat Winks at, at Randwick. Mm. Um, he then beat uh, Winks again um, last Saturday in a very convincing performance. But I'm going for a little bit of, a little bit more value there. I'm looking at the number one, uh, Sway Nisi. Mm. Um, very, very good had, horse. Yeah, four wins for, uh, for four starts. So you can't ask for any more than that. Um, it's run at Rose Hill. Hasn't run at Randwick before. Um, and the other thing is, it's sighed by one of my favourite horses, a beautiful horse called Lonro. So, um, and it was amazing in the gloaming, just dominated that um, last start. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, um, no, I'm going to swear Nessie there for me. Uh, obviously, first seal is a massive threat. It's, it's going to be hard to beat, but um, plenty of favourites been beaten in the last few weeks. Oh, I agree. And look, you may want to even look a bit wider and not only go on Swainese, but also go Panzer Division. It's been waiting for this race. It's going to go out hard, and it probably should at least run a place. Obviously, you've got to include first seal. I think press report's got to be in your multiples and maybe even Hampton Court if you're going for the first four. The Caulfield Stakes would be a great, it's such a great field down there in Melbourne. Uh, interesting to see how Sacred Falls does down there. Um, I guess you've also got um, a couple of other Sydney horses going down, but I, I can't go past Faulkner, Peter and I think you'd agree with me on that one. Yeah, he's a tremendous horse. Winner of the Caulfield Cup last year and, and was outstanding in the Maccabi Diva a couple of weeks. It came out um, second to Dissident and put in a great performance in his first run back. A second up form is pretty good too. Five, um, three wins in one second. So, yeah, can't go past Faulkner. Get on him for the rest of the spring. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Crackerjack King runs a place there. Got to include Forteller. I'm wondering if either if both Happy Trails and Dissidents, Dissident will run out the distance. I know you had Happy Trails last start. Wasn't a great race, but didn't have a lot of luck. No. 
No, I think you've got to have him there. It is a, it's a good race. Um, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. You know, I don't know if I'll have a large bet on it. I'll, I'll definitely be going no. Faulkner, but I just can't wait to watch the race. And it will give us a real idea of what will happen the rest of the spring. Absolutely. Yeah, dissident's got to be there. Even old mate Criterion is a chance as well. Yeah, it could be a wide first four, and it could be decent payout. Now, there's three other group ones down in Melbourne. We'll put information up for them on the website. I can't wait in the Turek to watch Trust in the Gus battle with Arabian Gold. Uh, should be a good one. 1,000 gillies. You've got Lamosti running down there, as well as a Fleer Spree, who we'd picked correctly a few weeks ago. And, of course, my favourite horse of the spring, Rich Enough, in the Caulfield Guineas. We'll put all the information up online. We've got to get to our NFL um, best bets. And, Moldog, you've been perusing the um, the spread lines there for the NFL. I have. Look, they may seem like pretty easy bets, but for me, these two are pretty easy money just on, on pure form. The Broncos, typical front runners, you know, good early season form. They're minus 10 against the Jets. The Jets are just horrible. Um, <laughs> they'll, they'll cover that, minus 10. They'll do that easy. And in the uh, the West Coast battle, we've got the Chargers. Again, they're in pretty good form too. And the Raiders, again, they're hopeless. So... It is, a, it is a division rival, but I would want to know. We're not talking NRL here with the Broncos going so well and the Jets getting flogged. And yeah. Yeah. Well yeah, maybe in the 70s against the Jets. On the, um, yeah, no, the Chargers are minus seven against the Raiders, mate. They'll cover that easy too. Yeah, I've got to say, I like um, Pittsburgh. They're playing Cleveland. They're getting two points. I think, that's, I think they'll do it quite well. Cleveland... A great last-minute uh, victory against Tennessee, but I think the Steelers would do that one. Tigers MS, a quick best bet, and then your world of sport for us to finish up. Um, yeah, look, I think uh, Leonard Falcons at three and a half against the Bears. Mm. Uh, I think Bears aren't, aren't travelling real well, and um, Atlanta have the ability to put on a lot of points. They're back at home. I do. Atlanta's pretty much my pick of the week, just head-to-head. I'm worried about the three-and-a-half line, I've got to say. Because, but when they're at home, they're basically a ten to twenty point better team. Yeah, and, and Chicago have been have been middling. They're, they're offensive line, a lot of woes there. I don't know how to feel, guys. I'm a Bears fan. So I, just, <laughs> I want your best bets to come up, but I don't know about. <laughs> All right, Tigers and Mess, what do you got for us? The world of sport. Right. Um, I've looked up some uh, parents behaving terribly in junior sport. Um, I've come up with a couple of good ones. Um, Mr. Tremblay uh, doesn't actually say his first name. Uh, 48-year-old. At the end of his uh, son's, I think, uh, 10-year-old, so under-11s ice hockey, Um, they were going through, shaking hands after the game. Um, He just ended up straight out tripping one of the opposing players (laughs) (laughs) and pushed him to the ground. Oh, wow. Uh, So that was a good one. He was suspended for a year. Um, the next one I, I found, uh, the Orange County Red Cobras. Uh, does everyone remember the uh, Saints uh, coaching staff from the NFL getting in trouble for putting bounties mm, on? Yes. Uh, well, yes, this was a peewee league that they were putting incentive bounties on injuring oh, kids. Oh, goodness. Which is oh. fantastic. Uh, a cash bonus, too. I'm not sure. It doesn't actually give us numbers, but... Ten mm, bucks. Ten bucks, yeah. <laughs> Enough for a happy meal. Uh, Joseph Corday. Uh, got uh, got suspended for a year uh, from his girls' school uh, hockey games uh, for pointing a laser pointer at the, in the goalie's eyes. 
No. During I've the school a game. lot of that lately in professional sport from oh, I know. the crowd. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, after a week of, uh, you know, fantastic feats on the field, guys playing themselves to the limit, then you have the other side of sport. Well done, Tigers MS. And we will try to be back with you next week as we do the spring carnival. Otherwise, we'll be a couple of weeks from now. We'll definitely have a show or two around Melbourne Cup time. You can also do a bit of super coach stuff and NRL stuff too. And make sure you stay looking on the website www.pullygsports.com um, for all the NFL picks and mock drafts there each and every week. Tigers and Mess, thank you very much. No worries, mate. Moldog, thank you very much. Great year. Yep, see you, boys. Pete, thank you again. Very good this year. Thank, thank you. Much appreciated. Always a pleasure. Bye for now.